This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Banjo-Tooie. And really, what sequel would not benefit from adding Tooie to the end of it? Godfather Part Tooie, uh, Ghostbusters Tooie. <laughs> Robocop Tooie. Robocop Tooie, all of those. I think this should be adopted widespread. Let's do that by the end of this episode. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the Tooie Towers. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we are marching back and forth all over hell and back to find explosives to put in our butts. And my name <laughs> is Steve Gunley. I am hopelessly baffled by the complexity, Woody Siskowski. <laughs> hopelessly baffled by complexity. That yes. was Manfred yes. Mann's failed hit after blinded by the light that was the one that was the one uh we are doing a throwback today we are going back to a series we haven't revisited since our third episode wow. ever so it's been like two wow, years wow. we're playing the sequel to banjo kazooie aptly called banjo tooie and we have two wonderful guests joining Tui, us two wonderful, wonderful guests, guests <laughs> joining us to talk about it uh everyone at home please wave hello to your podcast machine and say hello to rosie crow and to tyler dietrich hello guys Hello. Hello. How's it going? We haven't seen you guys in a while, and technically we're still not seeing you because yeah. uh, we don't have the camera turned on. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go by feel. This is like the game um, before you would go on stage where you would all put your head down in the circle. Oh, try yeah. Heads up, seven up. Yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. count. Um, yeah, oh, but it, this is like... This is like a reunion of uh, people who haven't been on episodes together. It's true. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's uh, true. one person who's not a theater nerd, so it was oh. very confused yeah. by the reference. <laughs> Wait, who's the one person who's not a theater nerd? Rosie, are you not Me? a theater nerd? Really? Yeah, I didn't do any extracurriculars. Oh my god, you're you just, are, a, just a nerd nerd. You're, you're like yeah. one of the most high school theater people I know. I mean that as a compliment. You're one of the most high school theater people I know, so that mm. genuinely surprises me. I, you definitely strike me as like a stage manager type. Like yes. making oh, sure yeah. that everyone yeah. has all their props in place. Like you are in charge yeah. of shit. I'm hassling people, that's for sure. <laughs> creative, but also organized, which is <laughs> always a boon. Exactly, that's a skill you need to have. That's and, a skill uh, you need to have to play uh, Banjo-Tooie. Because oh, oh God, yeah. You talk about a game that requires you to be organized. Oh, let, me, <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb right off the bat here, and I'm going to say that this is the largest and the longest Nintendo 64 game. I mean, I feel I, like this took me longer to beat than Ocarina of Time. Yeah, but you didn't beat Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen, right? Or I whatever. didn't, but I can't Person imagine. Person of the Lordly Caliber. I bet that game's longer than 30 hours. Do you think? Hours. I'm, I'm curious, because I almost wonder. Being uh, how long one battle in that game takes. And I guess if you're going to get every single furry guy in Jet Force Gemini, it would probably yeah. take you about <laughs> as long as this. But this Steve, game is... how long did it take? Sorry to interrupt. How long oh, yeah. did it take you to beat Banjo-Tooie? Well, that's the thing. I, I played it not too long ago, like all the way through to the end, because uh, I got the Rare Replay collection on Xbox One, and I, I nice. booted that Xbox Live arcade version up, and I got into it, and I was having fun. And it was, I think, 25 hours, and that's just to beat... that sounds like a speed run. But, <laughs> but that's the thing, 25 hours just to beat the game and see the credits, and then you need oh, yeah. to get 15 more jiggies to fight the boss. So mm, technically, yeah. I guess I'm not done. <laughs> so, so I, I'm sorry. On how long to beat? I just want to look it up because I was I was curious. the The main story is like around 30 hours, yes, but it says completionists. It's going to take you up to 90 hours. Goodness oh, me! Could, oh no, no, sorry, see that. sorry, that's completely wrong. I'm oh, looking oh. at the number of people polled. It's uh, sorry. Oh, no. It's <laughs> this makes much more sense. 16 hours versus 24 hours, which okay. is a lot. So Steve a lot, is a uh, slow player. Is I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I'm on the the slower end of that. But uh, I think it is a testament to, well, I, maybe it's not even a testament. Maybe it's an indictment of Rare's design philosophy. <laughs> I mean, uh, this, this is the secret. This is the B plot of the Ultra 64 podcast. Yeah. Is Rare's willingness to get put their head more and more up their own backpack. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. just continually get more and more 
excessive in their design and the collectibles and the level of confusion and you guys like mechanics we got mechanics we We have a lot of mechanics want to learn new stuff all the way up to the end of the game because you're gonna want to learn abilities that you should have had by default yeah Yeah. (laughs) better collect those notes yeah yeah it's it is at times an overwhelming experience trying to play this game you know like i as a contrast I booted up uh, original Banjo-Kazooie right after I finished Tui and and played through that. And that was a breezy six hours. Six hours (laughs) to get to Grunty. Like, nothing. It felt almost like childishly simple in comparison (laughs) to Banjo-Tui. But this is definitely, like, Rare is getting into this point where uh, they they can do no wrong. They are sales juggernauts every time they put out a new game, except Mickey Speedway USA. And (laughs) they... So they've kind of got a blank check at Nintendo, and they've really adopted this more is more philosophy. They're uh, like the they, David Foster uh-huh. Wallace of game designers. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, maximalism yeah. right there. They're trying to break you down. They're trying <laughs> yeah. to break down your reasons. There's all like, those footnotes at the end of Banjo-Tooie where they go into the prescription definitions of all the eggs that you collected. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely wild. It's, it's completely it overwhelming. True. And like... It's not just enough to have one huge overworld. We also have one huge overworld connecting eight huge worlds, which each oh have gosh. their own sub-worlds. And oh, sometimes you need to travel between those worlds to accomplish goals, and sometimes you need Oof. to do it five or six times to do it. It's it's utterly insane how much <laughs> okay. this stuff they put in. And I'm a little bit in awe of this game because we've seen what the Nintendo 64 can do mm-hmm. on this show over the course of our 100-plus episodes. And this is something the Nintendo 64 should not be able to do. Something this <laughs> big, even at this rudimentary level, like something this massive and complicated, this yep. shouldn't I'm, be something I mean, I would do. say from a design perspective, this is something that human beings shouldn't be able to do. This is <laughs> yeah, something I will, because... Yeah, I gotta say, this game, uh, the aesthetics, the sound design, the, the visuals, everything about it aesthetically, uh, except for a couple of very key things that i think we should talk about in a sec but uh uh, besides those it's a very well made game the music is very is like uh always on point the the sound effects and the 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 visual i know i'm playing it on the rare replay version but the game is just like really really looks i mean yeah that's that's something we've talked about before with rare games is because they had such a record of success and were so tight with nintendo they were essentially play on a whole other playing field than any other developer. Yeah. Like, their games looked better. They sounded better. Like, the only mm-hmm. people who rivaled them were the first-party Nintendo games. Yeah. Like, oh, there's yeah. no question about that. Let's, and even then, yeah, not even really. Before but, we get too too far into it, Steve, yeah. let's get some uh, backstory here on the bear and the bird. Let's do a little <laughs> bit of <laughs> let me, that. Yeah, Steve's <laughs> going to teach us about the bears and the birds. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, let me man, tell I've been waiting for so long. It gets a little blue. <laughs> Banjo Tooie was released November 20th, 2000, developed by Rare, published by Nintendo, and it was also eventually released on the Xbox 360. Uh, uh, so, no, Xbox One. Rare replay. No, well, it was it was the this was released on the Xbox 360 live arcade, and oh, then really? that version got yeah. ported over. Oh, in the Rare I didn't replay. know that. Okay, so yeah, so that's, you could buy this individually on the. You could buy arcade. it individually, and when you play Rare Replay, this isn't on the disc. It comes as an extra download. Download. Okay, uh, so sorry, it, I yeah. I did not realize. No, that. no, no, you're good. Well, is it like fifteen bucks on live arcade? Something like I that, you think? seem to recall. Yeah, around there. I but can't. Not that it matters because you should just buy Rare Replay. Just buy Rare Replay. Yeah. It's worth it for oh, yeah. Saber Wolf alone and Snake Rattle and Roll. <laughs> a game I actually love. Um, but yes, yeah, so the development on this game started pretty much immediately after it was clear that the first one was going to become a hit. Uh, and so as ornate and as the original Banjo-Kazooie seemed at the time, a lot of the ideas for that game had to be scrapped. But once the game hit, the budget for the sequel expanded and they pretty much... All ideas were in play now. Yeah. Like anything they wanted to do in the first game that they couldn't, they now could. But all that extra content meant multiple delays. So this was originally slated for a summer 99 release and wound up getting pushed to holiday 2000, which is a potentially risky move considering that all right, so the PlayStation 2 was out now. It was already okay. a sales juggernaut. The Xbox and the GameCube were on the horizon very nearly. So those were all consoles that were working to make the Nintendo 64 obsolete and specifically this type of game, which uh, <laughs> exemplifies the Nintendo 64 aesthetic oh, in so many ways. So it was these. a risky move. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, the game was a solid hit. It sold significantly less than its predecessor, but uh, it is the 33rd best-selling game on the console. That's right below Turok and right above Mario Golf. And that's about 1.5 million units. 
Uh, so Banjo Kazooie by comparison sold about three times that. It's the okay. tenth best selling game on the system. But I mean, that, them... that's a that's a pretty uniform thread. Is games that were released near the beginning of the N sixty four lifespan sold a lot better than games that came out four years later. Which you know mm. logically makes on is total sense, but. So as amazing as it may seem from playing this game, there are some things that didn't make it into this game. <laughs> For what? example, there was there was going to be a ninth world, which was going to be like a medieval oh. castle-themed world, but it had to be cut due to time constraints. So they reused some of the resources for the uh, Cauldron Keep level where you fight uh, the, the Klungo like, at the final mm. time. Like, mm-hmm. So that was supposed to be a whole other level. Now it's just that one stage. Um, there was also going to be a co-op mode called Bottles Revenge, where uh, so that's an important okay. thing to know. Bottles, your little uh, oh, helper gosh. mole from the first game, dies in the beginning the of the very I beginning. Believe it. I yeah, yeah. Hot. he just straight up dies. His house gets nuked. They, everybody is sitting around playing poker. Uh, they realize they're about to get run over by this big thing, but Bottles refuses to leave his home, and he dies. And then, yeah, <laughs> you you leave your home where usually your adventure starts, and in the first game you would meet Bottles at a molehill, and yeah. he would talk to you. And here you go out, and Bottles' ghost is just floating around. Yeah. This was originally going to be a co-op mode called Bottles Revenge, where you as ghost bottles could take control of an enemy in the stage and try to disrupt Banjo on his journey. Oh, and, weird. Uh, well, so it, it's like you, you're, it's not co-op? You're trying to like delay the other like person playing? Dark Souls it's, invasion? Of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that. It is co-op in the sense that you're both playing on the same screen at the same time, but you're not cooperating like that would uh, imply. You are <laughs> trying to hinder each other. For siblings. This is like the ideal co-op game oh, yeah. for so siblings. That's, yeah. That kind of brings a horrible implication that Bottles is not only, you know, well, I mean, like he's pissed off that he's dead, but he would be actively yeah. trying to, to waylay Banjo and Kazooie. Is that is he now suddenly I mean, malevolent? That seems wild. Bo- <laughs> Bottles really gets the short end of the stick in both these games. Being in the first one, Kazooie is just rude to him. He's, he oh, helps yeah. you willingly, and Kazooie is just a giant asshole to him for no reason yeah. in the first game. And then at the beginning of the second game, he dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a horrible part right near the beginning of the game, too, where you go visit his, his family. Son. Mm-hmm. And, his and, son. And, and lie to them. <laughs> yeah, they're like, his wife's like, when is Bottles coming home? He was out playing cards, and Banjo's like, oh, I'm sure he'll be home soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I'll figure out a way to beat death. <laughs> <laughs> so do we yeah, ever it's, it's, reveal the truth? I didn't finish the game. I only played for like five hours. He, he gets he gets brought back to life in the oh. end through the magical. Oh, he does. Okay. It's the same Phew. magical ray that brought uh, Grunty back to okay. life. So yeah, he, he comes back in the end. So it's not all that dark, but it's dark enough. But yeah, so this mode was scrapped, I think, uh, partly because of time constraints and partly because it does seem kind of weird that this friend of yours would be attacking you like yeah this. i mean can you imagine trying to play through the how complicated this single player is game with another person it would be a lot but because you, you'd like need them there with you from the beginning this mode was actually reused and repurposed later in perfect dark uh it's a mo- it's a multiplayer mode called counter operative and I haven't played this mode, so I don't really know how exactly it's like. But uh, it, it was using the remnants of Bottles Revenge to do that. Um, the other important thing we need to talk about that was cut from this game is Stop and Swap. So Swap, in this case, is spelled S-W-O-P, just to make it extra British <laughs> and uh, annoying. But yeah. So yeah, this is one of the most infamous features cut from this game. So with this feature, you'd be able to port accomplishments and items from the first Banjo-Kazooie over to the sequel oh. by pulling your cartridge out of your system and then slamming in the other game. Oh. <laughs> so that was the trick. You're st- stopping, swapping cartridges, and then you're going to be able to use it. Was this involving so the, goal, the igloo and, like, the... Was this... The ice key. Yes. Yes, yes. That's uh, uh, players of Banjo-Kazooie who saw the ice key uh-huh. behind that little frozen wall and always wondered what it did. That's That was going to be for this. Uh-huh. Um, you can use that ice key to open a vault, which gives you the Mega Globo, which uh-huh. you can use to turn Kazooie into a dragon. Neat, which is fun, because she, she breathes fire, and it's actually a pretty powerful little attack. But uh, initially, they had, to, they had to change some things around. This feature is uh, gone because... The Nintendo had a hardware update 
where um, initially, if you were going to swap the cartridges out, you had 10 seconds to do so without damaging your game. But when the hardware updated, you only had one second <laughs> to be able to do that. And they thought that was just a little bit too stressful, a little bit too annoying, yeah. and it made it possible to corrupt your game. Can you imagine all <laughs> exactly. the kids crying just being like, I broke my $60 game or whatever it cost in 1998? Exactly. Jesus. The and game it, told me to, Mom. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's also, pissed. I think, kind of a silly mechanic. Like, this is really a game that doesn't need this. Because this is really a game that is built upon you having played the first one. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Like, yes. it's, you start, when you start Banjo-Kazooie, you have all of the moves that you had learned in Banjo-Kazooie. <clears throat> and there's a lot of confusing ones. Most of them involve holding the Z and then pressing one of the random C buttons. Yeah. And the game doesn't really... Explain no those to you in the gameplay. It just kind of assumes that you know them all because you've played the first one. Well, to be fair, you can you can talk to a couple of little like molehills and kind of refresh right, yourself, which if is you want fine. To. But I guess what but I'm yeah, saying yeah. is like the pacing is definitely like, hey, you've seen everything the first game has to offer. Yeah, like now we're gonna really mix it up on you. Yeah. So. But I mean, there there were some remnants of the stop and swap system left in place. Like we mentioned, the ice key is still there. You can find some of the eggs that you were supposed to swap over to this game in the first game. If you actually beat Pan- Banjo-Kazooie with all the jiggies, the closing cutscene, Mumbo gives you three pictures of eggs and like where they're hiding. And so you're supposed to be able to track hmm. those down. Are they the pictures of, from Banjo-Tooie? No, they're pictures from Kazooie. Oh, okay. like they're, they're hidden in the Banjo-Kazooie world and you're supposed to be able to bring them over and then unlock cheats with them. And that didn't get to happen, uh, but they did fix this with the Xbox Live Arcade versions. That feature is now back and you can do that and you can uh, uh, unlock everything as possible. And it's also kind of become a uh, running joke in rare games like <laughs> for a little while. Like there's a bit in the third Banjo Kazooie. I haven't played it, but I watched a little video where you run into bottles again, and he offers to give you the secret of stop and swap if you give him six thousand music notes, oh, which, which is not, in the game. not enough in the game. Okay, yeah. So you can never do it. And then, like, yeah, they have Easter eggs in it and grabbed by the ghoulies and other games like that. Um, all right, so let's yeah, let's talk a little bit about the story here. So. This game takes place two years after the original, and like we said, as the game opens, it's Banjo, Kazooie, Mumble, and Bottles were Mumbo, not Mumble. That's a <laughs> penguin from Happy Feet. And Bottles, uh, they're having a friendly dinner uh, at Banjo's house, and then the witch is brought. Witch Grunty is brought back by a magical evil living evil ray. sisters. Yeah, the sisters bring her back using this magical ray, and she drives a big tank through Banjo's house, kills Bottles, and now you have to go uh, fight to stop her and restore order to the world. Yeah, she opens up this big tunnel. Like, the first level opens on Spiral Mountain where the first game took place, but you immediately turn left and go through this tunnel, and there's, like, this whole other island of hags, like, city world there, and it's like, wow, this... There's a lot over here, right on the other side of Banjo's <laughs> yeah. Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I really liked, so, I really liked having the the track of the of like the drill tank as kind of this through line that kind of guided you, at least for the first part, through the worlds uh, to the different uh, different worlds. That just like, yeah. That's that's the one piece of very like organic game yeah. design that's yeah. in this game it's like it's like okay just in case you get lost there are these tire tracks that are going to tell you where you need to go to like win the game but we're not going to tell you what to do to get in there uh yeah you know so like the tone with the first game was like very saccharine sweet very like you know it, it was a kid's game it was trying to be a kid's game mm-hmm. this one came out just four months before conquer's bad fur day they're already well into development on that and they're already you could feel some bleed over. You know, right. there's some meaner stuff here. Like, one of the first things Kazooie says after Bottles dies is, oh, he was no one's favorite character anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. like some mean shit to say to your friend who just died. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I think, Tyler, this is kind of the thing you wanted to talk, talk about a little bit. There are some unfortunate things involving uh, race yeah. and sexuality yeah, that I think they threw in. To try to be a little like late '90s edgy, and uh, as a result, they haven't aged terribly well. So we all we all remember Mumbo Jumbo, the unfortunate kind of vague witch doctor. Uh, I mean, the, the thing you could say about Mumbo Jumbo is that you don't know what his species yeah. is or yeah. what his race is, but he's playing on a trope that's kind of been long. Yeah, like, it's like it's not racist. super tasteful, yeah. but it's also like he's not emulating an actual human. He's like a little guy, no. so I don't know. That's that's 
whatever. But but the, we get we get a new character in here as yeah. well because in the gameplay st- they've they've changed Mumbo's role here. Like when you go visit him, you actually play as Mumbo yeah. and then have to move him to little pads. Rare, Rare decided the way to design all these later games was simply built around pads. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. we can't think of gameplay, so let's just put a character's face on the pad. This game is and lousy then, with pads. They're everywhere. Yeah. So many. Yeah, yeah. split them up pads and warp pads, and yeah, just so many. Yeah, but so replacing then Mumbo's role in the original game is a, is a different character. <laughs> like, what? who is this other character? This who character. <laughs> who would love yeah. to Oh. To, oh man, her her name is Humble Wumba. <laughs> she is a Native American princess straight from the Lando Lakes carton, yep. <laughs> and like she lives in a teepee. Yeah, kind of <laughs> a little a little porny, porny like Lando a Halloween place. costume yeah. of a quote sexy Native American. Uh, exactly. Bad. Yeah, it's very yeah. Bad. You, you would see her at Spirit Halloween yeah. store every year. I like kind of really I nice. like the idea that somebody has the taste. <laughs> To release a costume of sexy Native American, but the attempt to be PC and still call it Native yeah, American. It's yeah. <laughs> like, not bad. Yeah. Admit what you're you know, doing. Well, well, yeah. They're meeting them halfway, yeah. you know? So. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't with this. This is. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of an unfortunate thing because, again, it's playing into like uh, uh, Native American mysticism tropes and like all kinds of things like that. She and speaks in like a broken in English a and like kind of chanty because like yeah. every character has a has a voice and yeah. has has dialogue. Yeah, her voice is like this weird breathy chant, and and the 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 written word is so broken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, she has green eyes. Is just one something I wanted to also say. I don't know. Sure. How you know what the what the genie is on that but i don't know we'll check the statistics on that yeah. but i'm not sure exactly if that's a that's a I mean, regular human thing but yeah i would also say from a gameplay perspective and this could be said of me- many of the mechanics of this game she's totally unnecessary oh yeah absolutely because you could just have sometimes mumbo turns you into a character like there's just two spots two pads yeah, at mumbo's yeah, house one is play as M- mumbo yeah. Yeah. one is that mumbo transforms you into something and i totally forgot that this character was in this game until you guys reminded me every time i've booted up this game it's like what the fuck is this doing here yeah yeah wumba's wigwam is the location and it's every time you're reminded of it (laughs) the the other character i want to pinpoint is uh the titular character from i think the fourth world in the game which is jolly rogers lagoon Mm. this would be Jolly yep. Roger. Okay, Jolly He's Roger. Made, they made him a little too jolly. They made him a little too jolly. It's a it's a very uh, fey kind of like, I think he's a frog or a lizard, yeah, but he's like he's a, a pirate. But he's very, uh, he's very mincy. He's very limp-wristed and like obviously kind of playing up a, a gay stereotype. And the first mission you do for him is that he's looking for his lost partner who you eventually find and it is a male hippopotamus in drag. Oh, boy. So the British a, and poor, the British. <laughs> poor taste, yeah. clothing and women jokes. Yeah, name a more iconic it kind duo. Of goes back, <laughs> it kind of goes back to like the uh, the tradition of British like panto theater. You know, it's like kind of meant for kids, but it tended to be a little racier, a little ribald with with stereotypes and stuff like that. So. I think that's where it's coming from. That's not a good tradition. That's, that's <laughs> kind of like saying, oh, it comes from the American tradition of blackface. Like, no, it, it's, <laughs> a, it's a bad yeah. thing that it does this. Yeah. But it, it's it's interesting to see. It's an element that I forgot about until I was replaying this game. And I'm just like, wow, they really uh, I mean, they really went for something here, didn't they? I do think that the first Banjo-Kazooie does have a couple of those kind of moments when, like, the Good Witch will tell you sort of secrets about Grunty and some of them are a little racy sure. and you're like oh I'm surprised that that made it into this game but that was always um, at the level of like oh she is poopy yeah, under yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's true that's true yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And, and yeah ra- racy versus racist yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know I guess for people who have not played this game I think go into be that aware with... that those exist there's certainly neither of those are like a huge part of the game no. they're just very weird things to put well, in considering they aren't huge parts Humba of the game. Wumba is kind of a big part of the game because she's there alongside you the entire time. And that's every true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Every level has uh, a t- has a Humba yeah. Wumba wing wong. Yeah. The, the thing that it made me think of is uh, the movie Parasite. You know how like the, uh, the, the super wealthy mm. child is obsessed with American Indians mm. and so they build a teepee in the backyard. Yeah. And it's, I don't think in their culture they understand exactly the weight of, of uh, 
adopting Native American tropes as much because it's more like overseas you kind of just oh, know native americans the from the british from... the british well, yeah, though, yeah, the british do the british started it they they, they came <laughs> to america and they they yeah they interacted with native americans i think they're the, this is bad this gets tyler's seal of this is yeah <laughs> posted on the box there's a big one of those x uh, ghostbusters like line with a yeah. circle with a line through it and it's, a, just, what are those it's just tyler's beard under it <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah so all right so those are the elements you need to kind of be aware of going into this game well but, there's so many elements yeah. you need to be aware there's a lot. Of. these are, these are these are some of the problematic yeah. elements yeah. you need to be so, aware of. So let's, 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 did you ever get a list of collectibles, Steve? I have a list happen? of collectibles. All right. This is a list of collectibles. This yeah, is what Rosie was asking for earlier important. because I think we got to dig into it. All right. So I, I will say this is a little toned down compared to Donkey Kong 64. Okay. Um, so jiggies are still your major collectible. Oh, yeah. So you use those to unlock new worlds and you need 55 jiggies to save your friends and quote unquote beat the game. But then you need another 15 to unlock the final battle. Uh, music notes are back. I think they're kind of in a diminished capacity. They're not as uh, spread out. They would, the yeah, level. they would totally block your progress in the first yeah. banjo mm-hmm. if you didn't yeah. get enough of them. This time, like you collect them in sets of five apiece, and sometimes you'll find a treble clef which has twenty notes in it. Okay, so that'll speed things along. You use those to uh, buy new moves from uh, Bottles Brother Jam Jars. <laughs> so the Jinjos are back. Uh, Jinjos, this time you you don't find like one of each color in a level. They're kind of there's a certain amount of each color and they're spread throughout the world. So there'll be like ten red ones and nine black ones and eight orange ones, and you just need mm-hmm. to find them wherever. And they That's could be so weird. Like there's a lot of this game that is like things that are changed for no real reason. Yeah, and that sort of strikes me as one because like having five Jinjos in each level that you collect to get a jiggy, like that's fine. That yeah. makes sense. Sure, and like. Or having different colors that you collect and reunite to get jiggies also is fine and makes sense. But they're fundamentally the same thing. And then to change it just makes things more confusing. Like, there's so many things you have to keep track of here. Mm -hmm. And to track, like, Jinjos between levels and worlds adds another layer of confusion. It's a lot. Especially when they add the new little mean Jinjos to try and fool you sometimes, too. That was very upsetting. The yes. way to find them, of course, is like you'll hear them. They'll go, help, help us. And then you get near them and sometimes they're going to be mean and they'll attack you. Yeah, uh, which is, which again, it's just stupid. Like, I, there's just, I don't know, the, the takeaway I had from Jet Force Gemini was that Rare doesn't care about the player. Like, this was the <laughs> point that they got where they're like, oh, we can put this in. We can program this. Um, like, we want the player to go find every single one of these furry creatures because mm. we put the took the time to put them in here yeah and they're like what if we put in these evil jinjos but like from a player perspective that's just bullshit because you'll hear something king help help and you'll like veer off from what you're doing to go over there and then it will attack you and no aspect of that is fun no they're like oh thanks game you just wasted my time what if and i killed best case scenario the, like certain color of them would that get me anything no no <laughs> no, no, and those no. guys respawn, so you'll go back to the same area and hear help again, yeah. and then you're like, oh yeah, this guy that attacked me. And mm. I mean, if you're lucky and you win that little fight, you can unlock the next thing that's kind of overcomplicating something that should be simple, which is now there's the, you usually, in the first game, you get honeycomb pieces to uh, build oh, up your yeah. health and yeah. like recover. This time, there's two new ones. There's one with an exclamation point on it and one with a question mark on it that basically turns your health recharging into a little mini game where you need to tap the B button to stop it at the right point, which means you could grab a health power up and leave with just one. Yeah, you could be at full health, yeah. Yeah. not see the signal on this one, and then press B at the wrong time and give one health. Yep. And oftentimes, your attacks, most of your attacks in this game have momentum. You know, you're yeah. spiking through something, you're rolling through something. So you're usually getting those pieces without meaning to. Yeah. So that can be Kind of yeah, again, noise. it's just another aspect. Like, combat is never the focal point of these N64 platformers. No, no. And so to just do something where you can accidentally fuck up your health for yeah. no real reason is just, if it seems like a real fuck you to the player. <laughs> Uh, more collectibles here. We have Globos. Those are the adorable little pink creatures that you sacrifice to gain black magic. 
Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, like instead of the instead of, can you still get the mumbo skulls? Are they? No, no. This is this is instead of the mumbo skulls. So there's gonna be two in each level. Oh, there's no more of that ecom pokem. No, 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 there is. Oh, there's plenty of that. (laughs) Plenty of ecom pokem. Yeah, lots of ecom pokem. But you, yeah, there's two of those in each level. One of them will power mumbo and let you take control of him. The other one will power humbo wumba. Ah, Um, turn you into a detonator or some some shit like that. Yeah, really weird. Oh yeah, who doesn't want to be a van? <laughs> I okay. I just well, let's let's divert into that real quick because uh, the th- the thing that I kind of like about Humble Wamba, not necessarily the character, but about her power set, is that you're never exactly sure what she's going to turn you into. Like the item that she turns you into is like sort of related to the theme of the world, but mostly it's just specifically related to one element in the game. So, like, like In Banjo-Kazooie, it was usually pretty obvious. Like, the first level, there's this big anthill. Yeah. yeah. And then Mumbo turns you into an ant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here, you're, like, at a theme park, and or, or, like, in the Christmas level, like, you get turned into a walrus. Sure. And here, you're at a theme park, and they're like, okay, now you can be a delivery van. Yeah. It's like, wait, you're, what? You're an armored money truck <laughs> yes. that has to go around paying to unlock the rides, <laughs> which is just unnecessary. Just let me in. Just uh, let me in. Yeah. We already have three different forms of currency in this level. Just let <laughs> yeah, me speaking in. Of, speaking of uh, uh, unnecessary uh, mechanics uh, and and transformations, the detonator in the, uh, the Glitter Gulch mine, uh, you use it to yeah. blow up rocks. But yeah. specific rocks. And then yeah. in that same level, you get an ability for Kazooie to destroy rocks. So I don't really understand yeah. why mm-hmm. I have either, like, one of those. <laughs> Seems a little unnecessary. But- well, I, I will tell you, they read the first sentence of the Wikipedia on mining, and uh, <laughs> they called it good. They're like, oh, oh, this is about breaking rock? Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. I mean, we can break rocks. What I would say about this game is sort of the same. The things that make it annoying are also kind of the things that make it neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, every time you go into a level, there's so much of it that's inaccessible, and it's you just kind of wandering around wondering where to start. And then immediately, like, it, you'll sort of hit a power-up or hit a certain aspect of the level that blows things wide open in yeah. one way or of another. Like, you get this special power, and you're like, oh, now there's all these other places I can go. Or you turn on a power in the uh, theme park level, and it opens up so much. And it's this really satisfying, exciting feeling of, like, oh, look, now this level is totally available to me. But the drawback of that is, like, it's so hard to keep track of oh, all yeah. of this. Yeah. Wiki World, I feel like, is, and it might be because I just finished playing that level, but it's, like, the epitome of, like, the game and like the good and the bad is that I was so excited when I saw that world. I was mm. like, oh, this is going to be like itchy and scratchy land kind of. Oh, yeah. And like, this is such a fun aesthetic. And like, I love this. And then I go in and I spend like 20 minutes walking around being like, how the fuck do I do anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then like, yeah, eventually I had to go online and look up how to get to, you know, like this very obscure chain of like you have to become the van and then you got to be mambo then you got to go back to being the van and mm-hmm. it was like fun but then also i was just like pissed at the same time yeah. there like is a lot of that fun. yeah a lot of like oh i okay so now i'm hitting my stride i'm going this way oh now i need to turn myself into a thing into a like a, a stone bear so i can talk to these rock men who will give me hints and the hints tell yeah. me to go turn into mumbo jumbo so i can become the giant golden idol so i could walk over over the mud so I could uh, open up a new area so I can go back inside there to talk to more rock men because, well, I didn't see that I needed to talk to those rock men, so I have to go all the way back to Humbawamba to turn into a rock man, and then I have to go there, and they just fucking tell me to turn into Mumbo Jumbo again. It's it's just a, yeah. a loop of Banjo Kazoo- Banjo and Kazooie, then whatever fucking thing that you get turned into that level, and then Mumbo Jumbo. It's... It, it, I don't know. Even with the addition of the uh, of the, the the pads, the the fast travel pads, it's still a lot of busy work. Yeah. Well, and I will yeah. say, like the levels. I remember when I played the first Banjo Kazooie. Like the levels feel big. Yeah. But they're not. They're not that big in the first Banjo Kazooie. No, like, no. You can you can traverse them pretty quickly and get a pretty easy idea of what is where. This game, they are big. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and they're just like not only are they full of just a bunch of stuff in every corner kind of has something you can do. They're just spatially very wide, which means you spend a long time running from yep. one end to the other. Yep. Especially in the overworld, the Isle of Hags, where you're going like, those, this overworld, yeah, every section of this overworld is huge, and there's like 
I don't know, 10 different levels here that you can warp between. It's I kind of I do not like it. I mean, the Super Mario 64 had an overworld, and mm. then all these other games were like, hey, we need to have an overworld. But they tried to integrate the overworld into a sort of a gameplay perspective. Yeah. Of like, you're going to do these things that'll open some random door on the overworld. And that always just made it way more confusing to me. Like, the overworld in, Banjo- or in uh, Mario 64 is great yeah. because it's very small, and the layout makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, there's just like gates to different worlds and just totally random places there's no spatial logics of what's where i mean one of the first things you see in the first section of the overworld is this big egg this large chicken house egg uh, and you go inside and you talk to that lady and she ta- she's like hinting about finding special eggs and using abilities to hatch them these are not abilities you're going to get for another 10 12 hours <laughs> yeah. and some of it is for the stop and swap feature which isn't even in the game oh yeah God. the structure is just so weird like the game dumps so much information on you right at the beginning whereas i don't know the first banjo kazooie just had a very nice logical progression of like you're going to run around this mountain to learn your abilities and then you have one jiggy to go into this pretty simple world yeah here it's just like you're sort of you meet the king jinjo and he's like you need to go through here visit bottles family collect all these jiggies yeah find free my jinjo family then you meet some gatekeeper who protects the jiggy temple okay. yeah oh, you yeah. have to solve jiggy wiggy <laughs> Yeah, Die. you do have to solve actual puzzles in this oh game. I did, I did welcome. like that, actually. I was like, oh, yeah, they're yeah, actually yeah. making the puzzles a thing, and that makes sense. It was actually kind of weird that they had the whole jigsaw aesthetic in the first game, yeah. and that that was never really touched upon. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, these are these could just be any shape, you know? Why not? We 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 got lost on your list of collectibles. Oh, yeah. oh that's oh. okay, because I I think that can segue a little bit into some of the new features of this game. So. Uh, so, like you said, all the abilities return from the previous game. So you have your talent trod, and you have your backflip, and all all, those cool all little... of the different kinds of boots that yeah. you can use. <laughs> the, yeah. Plus, you get a couple new ones. You get the claw clamber boots, which lets you uh, run up walls Neat. and like a couple things like that. Um, I think the big new innovation here is the ability for Banjo and Kazooie to split up mm-hmm. and learn their own individual skills, which is cool and also annoying because like you said there's some things that should just be a default thing like an attack yeah like, yeah, when like you the first, first time you split, up, split up you and you play as banjo or kazooie you can't fight anything no no you can't roll into it you just have to run away and because you've split in half your health bar is split in half too so it's much well, easier course. to die that way you got to reach a higher level of of gameplay nirvana you have to you have to keep <laughs> well, going <of> complex <laughs> I mean, I think a drawback of this, too, is, like, the characters aren't that fun to play as by themselves. Like, Banjo-Kazooie together is a really fun team because you get that hover jump, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the double jump, the backflip. I like to run around on Kazooie because it's so much faster. And, like, to only play as Banjo feels very off yeah mm-hmm. yeah it does all of his powers were laid around his empty backpack so, so like sad. at one point you could just <laughs> climb inside it and take a nap for a while yeah. and heal up or like they're boring too like that's the thing is i feel like they really most of the good powers and fun abilities were used in the first game yeah, yeah. like the ability to fly in the first game was like minor uh-huh. so yeah when you got to that second world and you get those um red feathers and you can fly through and here they're like Look, now you can use Banjo's um, backpack to carry something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, great, now I get to do a bunch of fetch quests. And it's not like you like, can carry anything. You can carry, like, three specific people, and that's it. Yeah, there's really a sense of, like, was this really a move they had to teach me? I don't, like, I, I appreciate the way you're not having to relearn all the same moves that you did from the first game. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a sense that, like, they were a little out of ideas for the moves. Yeah. Um, because, I, again, I think that m- most of the moves in the first game sort of open up the game in some new way for you. You're, like, excited to learn it. And here, about half the moves, you, it's exciting to see, like, Jam Jar's fort. Yeah. And you're like, wow, what move is he going to give me? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then you go there, and he's like, now you can attack with your backpack. And you're like, well, that was disappointing. <laughs> the power of I yeah. Banjo gets an ability later in the game where it's like a, a sack race thing and it's only used to get across this one section of thorns. Mm. It's like why I mean so it's it, yeah, it's just not really a mini game out of it. Yeah, it's just, it's just letting you get one what item. we need. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean there's a lot of new stuff going on here. Uh the the worlds are really kind of the star of the show. I, well, I guess I should say a little bit about the um 
eggs because we get a lot of new varieties yeah. of eggs this time around, which are pretty fun. So we have the regular standard blue eggs that Kazooie produces and <laughs> eats out of another nest, apparently. Yeah, produces is a good word stealing. for it. Yeah. I think she's stealing these from other birds and then pooping them out. But okay. that's that's my theory. I mean, that's it's my... impressive that Kazooie can hold 50 eggs inside of her. Oh, 50 but... eggs each of like multiple yeah, she's varieties. She's like a real yeah. cool hand loop. <laughs> Some of them are actively on fire, too, and that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. But you do get a fire egg, you get an ice egg, you get a grenade egg, and then you get a uh, clockwork egg, which oh, um, which uh, it hatches yeah. and there's it was a little... William uh... Burgess's failed, uh, failed sequel for <laughs> clockwork egg. <laughs> Yeah, Kubrick was not involved in that one. Um, yeah, and that's you just get a little a little guy that can get into small places, and he blows up after like fifteen seconds or so. But, and this uh, plays into um, one thing that was common in Donkey Kong sixty four. Kind of what they decided in Donkey Kong sixty four was the way to mix up the gameplay was to create a bunch of like little mini games within mm. the game. Like there weren't a ton of these in Banjo Kazooie, but yeah, Donkey Kong sixty four had a bunch of them, and Banjo Tooie has even more. Yeah, like there's a lot of temples that you go to that are the game switches into a first person oh, goldeneye mm-hmm. perspective yes and oh, yeah. it's like you're holding kazooie as a machine gun slash bayonet and then you're sort of running around this arena trying to destroy the others i'm um, gonna go out on a limb and say these are my favorite parts of this game <laughs> wow i don't know i really like the first person segments i think they're well done oh, they, it plays like goldeneye uh it's you get a little bayonet attack the bayonet is cute um, I don't know. I, I think I think these sections are cute. It does run into the problem of like all the uh, backgrounds start to look alike, and so mm-hmm. you'll get lost oh very God. easily. Oh, yeah. These were my but... least favorite because yeah, I got lost. I just wanted to get the fuck out and like walk around, but then I was <laughs> stuck, and I was having like. 007 flashbacks because I did not like that <laughs> game because I always got beat up. Oh, I f- yeah. famously traded that game for a copy of 1080. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> it was just like I mean, you know, you, it could have been worse. <laughs> that could have been worse. There could have been a worse trade there. Oh boy! Um, yeah. So really, kind of the the worlds are very impressive in this game, and what's really impressive too is the duality of them, or like the 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 multifaceted nature of a lot of these, because. Like we said, like Witchy World isn't just an amusement park. It's also an old West town and it's a space themed world and it's a monster world. And like there's a there's a level where it's like half an icy peak and then half a fire I peak. I like and that totally level different a levels. lot. I think yeah. that level's very good, but it comes very late in the game. I do think that this game structurally it just takes a long time before you really sort of click into it and yeah. it starts playing well and the way you want it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I find the mine to be a giant slog oh, level. The mine's a slog. I really don't like the mine. I'm yeah. not a fan of the uh, the the um, factory or like the... the is there a factory in this There game? is. It's yeah. Grunty Industries. Yeah. Oh. And that one just involves a lot Which also seems yeah. shitty because like there was I think both a mine and a factory in DK64. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there was also a factory in Banjo-Kazooie 1, right? Or something they all similar. There was like a <laughs> There was yeah. like an industrial bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was kind oh, of like rusty that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one has Jolly Rogers Lagoon, which is kind of It's a this thing this too. game for the changes and additions that it makes to Banjo-Kazooie, it is a very hard game to tell the differences. Like, if you just walked in some on someone playing this game, you wouldn't be sure which one they were playing. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the levels, the way that they open up is just kind of incredible. Uh, Jolly Rogers Lagoon seems like a pretty small, manageable level. There's an inn you can explore. There's a couple little areas you can jump around. But it's pretty small until Mumbo oxygenates the water and then you can breathe the water and you can start exploring the ocean. Mm. And it just keeps going and going and going. Like, it, you, you think there's no possible way there's another <laughs> lower level than this, and there absolutely is. Eventually, you have to fight your way down to Davy Jones' locker and fight Davy... Uh, no, fight Woo Woo Fak Fak. Okay. Is, uh, my favorite boss name, Lord Woo Woo Fak Fak. <laughs> uh, um, but, like, I, I think... The, the complexity of the levels is also kind of the downfall because we've described yeah. some of what it's like to play through this. I've, I've, I've charted one section here that involves you have to use Chuffy the train, who's a boss in the mine level. And once you beat that boss, you can use the train to go to different train stations, which you also have to unlock, which are yep. usually hard to find switches in the level. So it's yeah. a whole other thing. But once you unlock all these stations, so there's one section where there's a baby dinosaur that has hurt its leg. And so you need to separate Banjo and Kazooie, scoop up the dinosaur in Banjo's pack, 
take him to the train station, drop him in the train, go back and rejoin with Kazooie, go back to the train, drive the train to the clifftop, take control of Mumbo, use your healing power to heal everyone in the train, then go back to the dino land, split up again, grab the dinosaur, take it back to its mother, and that gets you one third of the way to a single jiggle because you need to do that no. you need to do two more tasks for this one dinosaur no. family just to get one single jiggy i am out of breath just I'm thinking about doing that like pissed. i mean the others are every bit Thank as complicated you. like it one thing that i do appreciate like you know for for as much as we're sort of like dumping on this game and i think this is true of like almost all the reviews that we've done of rare games they yeah. come up very negative and then we rank them pretty highly because they're always they're always well, that's the thing these are so well made they're yeah. so well done and so impressive but they so have ways. so many like weird baffling choices and but i do really appreciate that if you want to get into the rare N64 platformers, mm -hmm. there's just a very nice arc of what these games are. Yeah. Like, you can play Banjo-Kazooie, then you can play DK64, or then you can play Conker's Bad Fur Day, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then you can play DK64, then you can play Banjo-Tooie, and each one has this sort of r nice increase of complexity. I mean, it's really a game where I think it does what it wants to do. It's yeah. just a question of, like, how much bizarre complicated bullshit are you willing to put up with and if it's a yeah. lot this game really delivers like yeah. Oh, yeah. if you, if you're all in for like unnecessary confusing platforming action you, you're not going to do much better than this no it's very true i agree with that like i don't know I, I i think it needs a red pen so bad it needs somebody to go through and just like Oh wait, we can just we can just cut this little obstacle between your goal right here, and you still have a very long game, and now it's still a little more satisfying, you know. Like, you know, take a game, uh, a modern game like Super Mario Odyssey, where you're finding those little moon pieces every two minutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't even know what you're looking for; you just bump into it. It's like, oh, you got a piece, keep going. <laughs> this one, you have to work so hard for every little thing. So. It's satisfying in kind of a sadistic way, but it, I mean, I've played this game to the end twice. Yeah, so, I mean, that's it's a great something. Game. I mean, like it is. It's a very it's, enjoyable experience, but it's also like if you if you step back and look at it, it's like this is so much more complicated than it had to be. Yeah, and, and, and it has that really annoying thing that I that think about a lot with these games, where if you play it through in like a week, you'll mm. have a great time. If you stop playing it for like a day. You're like, I, I have to start a new it's game. Over. You're permanently oh, yeah. lost. I, I have no idea where I was or what was going on. Or what you accomplished before. Yeah. Like, so, uh, yeah, you need a you need a uh, walkthrough. You need some kind of guide open in good, front of you. A good amount of time and willingness to commit. Like, I, I, when I was younger, before the internet was as prevalent as it was, I didn't have a uh, player's guide or anything. So me and my sister just took notes. Oh, yeah. Like, like we were playing yeah. goddamn <laughs> Mist or something. Very <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so elaborate. Um but uh, have you guys played a little bit of the multiplayer? Uh, I have years ago with uh, when yeah. I was, you know, when it was first out. It's yeah, it's very Goldeneye. It's yeah, it's the first yeah. person thing. <laughs> so if you don't I mean, like that in the single player, you're not going to like it, it with more people, I assume. I mean, true to Rare's sort of pattern, they really shoehorned in multiplayer into all their games. Um, it feel, felt very weird in Jet Force Gemini and DK64. But here, since they have that first-person mode integrated into the game itself and it, a little more polished, mm -hmm. it feels better here. I And there's a lot of mini-games in this yeah, game that you can play in the multiplayer mode. That's the thing. Every mini-game that you encounter in the single-player game itself can be repurposed for up to four-player multiplayer. Mm -hmm. So, like, you get the little Mayan soccer mode where you're trying to steal Which balls Which is from fun. It's very, it's very simple, but you yeah. just run, grab a ball, and kick it into your own goal. Totally. Or um, there's a bumper car one where just colored gems appear and you drive over them to get points. Yeah. The... There's one where you play as Kazooie and you run through hoops. Like, none of them are amazing. I think the last no. game we played, Pokemon Stadium 2, was definitely, like, if you like mini games, like, That's, this is a great game to get. Yeah, this yeah. one, like, it feels like kind of a minor aside, but it's still fun. It's, it's a nice bonus. It's, it's not it's, like uh, Jet Force Gemini where I'm like, I just want this to stop. It's not <laughs> the reason you buy your ticket, but I, I think there's uh, I think there's some fun to be had. It also the has the structure I like a lot where you can choose to play a selection of mini games, and it makes it kind of like a tournament. Yes. So each mini game you win, you get a certain amount of points depending on how you did in that mini game. Yeah. And then it gives a winner at the end of the five games you choose or something. Yeah. Yeah. This is the game the other that you play once uh, at the at the 
sleepover where you finished oh, yeah. your game of Mario Party, uh, but you still mm-hmm. just can't get enough of mini games. And so yes. you, you flip that on. It's like it's approaching 10 o'clock. You're eating your pizza. You're already full. <laughs> you're like, hey, yeah, let's get I'm not done. I'm not done shooting you or, or playing these mini games. Let's, you know, let's let's play a little bit more. And that's when you get Banjo-Tooie. Yeah, I do think that this would have been a welcome thing if you were like a kid whose mo- parent let you buy this game yeah. and not Goldeneye. Sure. <laughs> because you're like, well, I get basically the same thing. And I do yeah. like the way the the shooty, the first person Goldeneye knockoff, uh, people die in one shot. They That's do. how I like to play Goldeneye. That's the same with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always played License to Kill. Um, but yeah, th- that's a nice little feature to add. You know, I, I appreciated that. Um, I'm like... I'm breaking a sweat, and I'm not sure if it's from the heat in here or just from talking and thinking about this game because it's, like, mentally (laughs) exhausting. Um, Do we have anything else we want to say about this game? I think we've covered all of my notes kind of in a circuitous way, but, like, I think we've we've kind of gotten to it. There's just so, so much to cover. Why don't we move on to uh, (laughs) Final Judgment, and then I realize that's not a segment we do on this show. (laughs) Uh, Move on to a segment in another podcast. (laughs) Exactly. So turn this one off. Go listen. Um, Let us know how that is. Go Go to the rankings. That brings us to the other podcast. But I want to start with Rosie and Tyler for these rankings. Of where where you guys put this in your own personal N sixty four ranking, um, and just whatever other random thoughts you might have on the game on the game at this point, and or how, how you think it compares to the first one. Whoa! No, don't everybody like jump in. At once. Uh, do you, like, is this based on games we've reviewed on Ultra sixty four? Is that kind yeah, of that's data usually how that we like to do it. Has or yeah, yeah. We, we, what you don't remember every game you have played? Uh, I think Rosie, you've played. Uh, Rosie has the best track record of anybody because you played Donkey Kong sixty four, Banjo Kazooie, Snowboard Kids two, Harvest Moon sixty four, Mario Party two, Snowboard Kids, and Mario Party. Only the best. And Tyler was <laughs> only winners. Tyler was on Forsaken 64, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. So very, very strange selection of games for Tyler. Yeah. Tyler, we need to get you on better games. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. How would those compare in your personal ranking? So, Rosie, right now you have Donkey Kong 64 as your number one. Is that something you would stand by? Or yeah, you- I think when Woody was describing the arc of Rare Games, I'm like, I stop at, like, to me, the peak is uh, Donkey Kong 64, where, like, there's a lot of shenanigans, but I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm in, give me those banana fairies. Um, sure. But then, like, it's a... I want them crystal coconuts. Yeah, but, yeah. like, it's a bridge too far to go to the, like, fucking... When I got the honeycomb that gave me random health, I was like, oh, no. You... <laughs> you've crossed me. And, like, the... You're gonna keep me on my toes. ...was also, like, a betrayal moment. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. When I get off this podcast, I'm going to go play Banjo-Tooie. <laughs> sure. But it does not, like, I think I'm going to keep playing because it's my only, like, like what he said, if I stop, it's over. So I got to keep going. Yeah, it's yeah. more of an addiction <laughs> issue. Um, yeah, so I would put it, you know, below, like, I'd rather play Harvest Moon 64 than this. I think I would, I think I would rather play almost all of those other games maybe wow. mario party one is not oh, okay. as good as i can't remember shit uh, so no, yeah, that's yeah. okay that's, that's okay. probably fair yeah but i mean i like it i have a high quality list but um for some betrayal moments i have to rate it low <laughs> but you're still going back it's betrayed you and you're still going yeah. back yeah. that's the crazy it's thing it's an abusive relationship <laughs> oh no <sighs> Yeah. Uh, so, Tyler, how about you? Forsaken 64, better, worse, Banjo-Tooie? Um, Hard to say. So, I don't remember where I uh, where I rank them in terms of Forsaken 64 and Jeopardy slash Wheel of Fortune, but... I think Steve you have right, it, you have in that, that order. Ex- you have it exact that, exactly oh, that order, that's yeah. that's wild. Um, yeah, because yeah, I, would, I would rate Banjo-Tooie above Forsaken 64... Um, in terms of uh, in terms of at least the multiplayer, um, because yeah, in yeah. the multiplayer I actually could tell what was going on in Banjo Two, <laughs> which is always important. Uh, I do want to say something that has stuck with me because I was also playing. I was playing this game all day, and uh, I got to the second world, and the there's this bee lady who oh, is God. definitely oh. not a, a a house mother for a, a like for prostitutes. <laughs> 
but based on, <laughs> no, based on the way not. she talks and and uh, is modeled. Yeah, her name is her name is Honey Bee, yeah. and uh, she's a, a she's an insect with breasts. Yes, yes, <laughs> a great character design, and she. Uh, and and Kazooie is hostile to her because Kazooie is hostile to all the women in this game for some reason. And yeah. uh, uh, the fact that I have to go to her in order to gain more health from getting the the hollow honeycomb pieces instead of them just uh, appearing, giving you yes, more health, giving me more health <laughs> as soon as I collected the requisite amount, really told me that this game doesn't care about what I think or feel. So everyone, yeah. everyone has a moment yeah. in Banjo-Tooie where the arms go up yeah. and they're like, fuck you, Banjo-Tooie. <laughs> like, why do I have to come here now? I could just be doing my thing. Yeah, so I would say this game is better than Forsaken and better than, than Wheel of Fortune uh, slash uh, Jeopardy, but only just. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I do have to say, in terms of multiplayer it alone, I would probably rather play the Jeopardy Wheel of Fortune game as multiplayer than Banjo Tooie. Wow. Okay. Okay. I know that's All right, probably that's controversial, but you know what? I'm, I agree, and I haven't played the Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm here for the hot takes, 100. Yeah. Uh, percent Woody, how about you? Where are you going sure, with this one? I'm still um, I'm still making up my mind. <laughs> I've right. been thinking about this for months. I yeah. Um, first off, I want to say that the name Banjo Tooie is a bad title, and it's always annoyed me, <laughs> yes. especially because the first game had a character named Tootie. Yes. And I was always super yes. confused, and I thought that in Banjo-Tooie, you would team up with Tootie. Like, right. that was the point. I thought it was the same name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, so that really confused me. Anywho. Tooie. Um, Anywhoie. Yeah, Anywhoie. Um, I, I think that this game is definitely of a piece with Donkey Kong 64. I can't, I don't I think it's worse than Donkey Kong 64. <gasps> okay. Yes. I like Donkey Kong 64 more, um, mostly because I like the Kong characters more. That game does have a lot of bullshit, but like mostly it's pretty clear what you have to do. Yeah. And it usually clicks along a lot faster. It's like switch to this Kong and go stand on this pad. <laughs> Here, when you I think my moment of the hands up is when you have to switch characters go do something and then run all the way back to the same pad to meet up again. Yeah. yeah. It just feels like it takes way too long. With that said, I think it's a perfectly viable take to like this game more than DK64 if you like... Because this game is bigger than that game and has more complicated bullshit. So if that's what you're in for, it might be right up your alley. Um, So I'm putting it number 30, which is right below DK64. Okay, that's very fair. Uh, All right, so... I think this is going to sound hypocritical because, like, I rated Donkey Kong 64 reasonably low, like in the mid-60s now, because I thought it was overcomplicated, because I thought they had had just too many things going on. I I will say, before you get here, I will say a difference is I think a lot of the backtracking bullshit in DK64 is less well thought out than in this game. Yes. A lot of it is just, like... Go kill this enemy with Lanky Kong. Yeah. Then go kill him with Chunky Kong. And it's like, it's not really a thought out gameplay mechanic. It's just sort of padding. Yeah. Whereas here, it really does feel like they've put effort into each gameplay mechanic. Definitely. So carry on with your hypocritical statement. (laughs) So that's kind of where I'm going with it. Like, because I I think I do like this one more than Donkey Kong 64. I think quite a bit more, honestly. Um, I mean,. The the thing about this game is that like you know the, the first Banjo Kazooie is just like all right this is a this is a happy little fun game for kids yeah. Banjo Tooie is like smack you in the face okay you're grown up now <laughs> no one's gonna hand you anything so it's 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 rewarding to play it's rewarding to figure these things out because mm-hmm. they are not spelled out for you uh, there aren't really a lot of hints for what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to go there are uh, there are missions and objectives that require you to span multiple worlds like it's crazy there's some things that aren't going to pay off until you almost beat the game that's just kind of crazy to me and I think um, looking back on it and saying like yeah they they had a plan going forward they went so big they rared the hardest they've ever rared uh so for that i am going to put it at number 38 that's right underneath diddy kong racing and right above starcraft 64 wow. yeah. so okay. it's in a respectable place a uh a game that is far from perfect and can be very frustrating but it's a rewarding experience nonetheless yeah if you're into n64 platformers and what that has to offer this game offers a lot of it. It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. 
All right. Well, that has been our Banjo Tooie episode. Oh my God, I've got a couple letters here to read. Yay, if you guys will indulge us for a moment. Always, They're always a highlight. Maybe um, people will win. Guess if there's a guest game. Yes. Oh, we'll somebody see. somebody does this time. Well, kinda. You'll okay. See. Hey guys, that that counts. Yeah. Sure. There's multiple people here. Um, just just finished listening to the Command and Conquer episode. I think you guys nailed the issues that uh, the issues people had with the game, despite how well received it was on PC. One minor correction. <laughs> The remastered collection you mentioned at the end of the episode actually came out this year in June, not 2018. My bad. Uh, I highly recommend anyone who is a fan of RTSs or just has good memories of playing this game on PC when it was released to take a look at it. It's by far one of the best remasters I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Very surprising considering the publisher. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the great work. And that is from someone named Handsome Ralph. Handsome Ralph, CEO of Westwood Studios. Yes, (laughs) yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a good correction. That you know, I might check that out actually because the the mechanics of Command and Conquer were things that I liked. It's just not on the Nintendo sixty four. I was just in such a bad mood that episode. I know I have bad association with Command and Conquer now. We were both super grouchy. It was fun to listen to though. I don't know. Um, next letter, uh, Steve, Woody, and honored guest. Oh wow! Ooh, only singular. Which, which well, one of the like, guests is he referring yeah. to? I, I, I don't. You guys will honored, have to. So that makes sense. You'll, you'll have to fight a game of bird bayonet. <laughs> yes, yes, do it. I don't know bird anymore. bayonet's a dog. Um, after you are done talking about Banjo-Tooie, a pretty disappointing game compared to the beauty of the original. Ooh, hot sure. um, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't it's argue. agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We, we all our, ranked it less than the first yeah. one. Our list bore that out. Yeah. Um, I thought you would want to know. There is one weird detail about the Pokemon Stadium Game Boy emulator that actually makes it a value, valuable to people who want to play the Pokemon games on official Nintendo hardware. You can unlock the ability to play the games at two times, three times, or four yes. times speed. So if you need to ga- grind over and over, let those 64 bits of computing power help you burn through all the Geodudes and Zubats you mm-hmm. want. No real question here, just an interesting piece of trivia, and that is from Andy. Thank you, That Andy. was, I think a gentleman pointed that out on our Facebook page as well. They and did, that yeah. Was, that was, a, I do think, a very valuable contribution because those games are slow they, yeah <laughs> so, yeah trying to go back and replay uh red a little bit to build up my levels i'm like wow this uh this this slogs this yeah. is definitely moving through molasses in this game you need to be on a road trip with your family to really appreciate <laughs> the slog yes <laughs> yes oh man we're not out of nebraska yet i haven't even gotten <laughs> to cerulean town oh shit yeah so anyway Tyler and Rosie, thank you both so much for oh, being yeah. here. It's been awesome oh, having you. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry we couldn't be in person to all shoot ice eggs at each other. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, in, this is the second best thing. In time, we will heal. Uh, Rosie, some embarrassing congratulations to you. Oh. Uh, congratulations for getting married recently. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. How embarrassing. You got married. Oh, yeah, exactly. as, as a as a fellow married person, let me just say, Gross. ew. <laughs> yes. as, as a cootie, a cootie hater. <laughs> yes, ew. I, I, I hope you've had your circle, circle, dot, dots. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just in case, you never can be too safe. Uh, yeah, friend of the show, Dan. Dan I, say, yes, Dan Reese. Dan Reese. I'm not taking his last name. I will not be Rosie Reese. Just uh, no. we, we were before this episode. We were ranking last names of our friends. And yeah, we all agreed yeah. that you made the right yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. You're, it just it just flows. Rosie Crow. Yeah. Rosie, Rosie Crow. Crow yeah. it's, it's just easy yeah. to say. We're yeah, it's awesome. It, but I'm keeping him too. So it's all worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, do y'all have anything to to plug or promote in social media or anything you want people to check out? Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at twdtrick uh, d e t r i c k. I'm uh, I, I, I'm I'm kind of more of a dirtbag leftist on there, but if you, if you guys <laughs> right? like those takes, I'm 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 available for you. And at some point, <laughs> at some point, I'll be tweeting about uh, my podcast, Bart Alcohol Content, which will be coming back at some point. Uh, we we took a big break. Oh yeah, the, that's a that's a that's a tough one to to run digitally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, we we had to take a break on that, but we'll be coming back in some form soon. So yeah, follow me on Twitter Fantastic. to find out about that. Uh, I have no social media presence, but I would really like nice. to plug. The- that's what you know. That's what you want to promote. <laughs> yeah. is the idea of having no yeah, social that media is presence. What I am promoting. I like it. It's very good for your health. Although I will say, if people on the Ultra sixty four group want to talk with me about uh, rare Halloween costume ideas. Um, I would really like to start, like, if we get to have Halloween this year, like, 
let's be like Jiggy Wiggy and Banana Fair <laughs> and like yes. all our no offensive costumes. We're yeah, not you're gonna have to step humble, over humble. a couple couple landmines. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But all the other weird characters, I want to see bottles. I want to see it, folks. Like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be washing machine banjo <laughs> when he Mumbo accidentally Ooh, turns I him into that. a washing yeah. machine. Yeah. Every once in a while, you just throw underwear at people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Special attack. Yeah. So let's uh, oh, man. let's hey, do those well, costumes oh. and post them <laughs> later. <laughs> Ro- Rosie linked us to an online which Banjo-Kazooie character are you? And we amazingly all got different characters. Yeah, yeah which Woody's- almost never happens. But I am Kazooie yeah. and uh, Woody's Banjo, and- so he has to carry me out of here. Yeah, right? and uh, Tyler is our cute baby sister, Tootie. <laughs> and Rosie is the evil witch, yeah, Grunty. I'm a bad dick. Uh, all I like tracks. it. Yeah. <laughs> all tracks. I'm all about it. All right, everybody. Well, we are Ultra 64. You can find us at Ultra 64 Podcast on pretty much everything. I also have to plug, I have a brand new podcast that should be out right now as you listen to it. Uh, Myself and Michaela Nicholson are watching every episode uh, or every every movie. We're watching every movie on Roger Ebert's list of the great movies. The show is called Roger's List. And uh, it's super fun so far. We've got a couple episodes in the bag. The first episode is about Un Chien Andalou, which is a famous short film. eyeball cutting. Famous later. eyeball slicing game. Mm. Uh, not a game. It's a movie. Mm, but I do want to play the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> score by the Pixies. Uh, but anyway, next week, we are going to be uh, taking a break from these back-to-back-to-back blockbusters we've been doing. And we are going to be playing a couple of helicopter games. Oh, yes. Ooh, Did you know there are three helicopter games uh, in the Nintendo 64? Well, there's more because wasn't there Army Man Air Combat? Oh, that's true. Yeah, right. we missed that one. But there's uh, there's uh, Chopper Attack, Knife Edge Nose Gunner, Oof. and Nuclear Strike. Wonderful. So we're going to be playing all three of those helicopter I have games. No idea what to expect, except for, except for helicopter. Actually, I've played Nuclear Strike. It's fun. Okay. But uh, the others I, I couldn't tell you anything about. But yes, helicopters. Anyway. Thank you to our guests once again. Thank you to everybody for listening, and we will see you next time. 